you know, am I in a routine that's really blocking me from a closer connection with God? Am I, have I gotten into a rut somehow that I'm not really as connected with God as I should be to the point where I might just not be feeling it when God's really doing a work? People can change. Right. Are you, are you open to that and to God actually changing somebody right. as well? Um, and seeing a willing, being open and willing to see a new version right. of an old person you knew. This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I am Bill McMahon, along with me, Eric Barfell. Continuing on a conversation from John chapter 9 about a man that was born blind. Jesus Christ heals him. It's on the Sabbath. None of the religious leaders, the elite, they wouldn't believe in Jesus Christ. They had already made up their mind they weren't going to believe in Jesus Christ, no matter what Jesus Christ did. And hopefully we're not there. We're going to believe and be open to what God is doing. And so there's this big debate on because he healed him on the Sabbath day, and you shouldn't have done that, really. And they, they are hung up on, well, we don't know where he's from. They might not have known where Jesus Christ was from, but they should have known that he was from God because he was doing God stuff. He was doing stuff that only God mm-hmm. could possibly yeah. do. And that's one of the things that at least this man could recognize that he couldn't do this work unless God was with him. But sometimes I wonder, do we look at the right thing? Do we look at the work that's getting done or do we look just at who's doing it? Because I'll say, y'all hear people argue from time to time, maybe not argue, but comment, well, you know, that person doesn't have a degree to do ministry. That person never been to school. What work is getting done? That's what I want to know. Right. Yeah. I don't care how many. Point. Because, you know, these guys had all kinds of degrees. They had all kinds of training in the law and in the Bible and things like that. They couldn't even recognize the work of God. Mm-hmm. Because they Jesus Christ didn't come from their pedigree. He didn't go to the schools that they thought he should sure. go to. But sure. he's still doing a powerful work of God. So what does it matter, really? To me, somebody who's never been to seminary, never gone through all those things, could A, know more about the Bible, B, do, be doing more of the work of God, be more in tune with what God's doing, mm-hmm. see more people come to Christ than a person who's been trained. I don't think it's the training. To me, it's is God using that person or not? Is that right. person tuned in? Is that person paying attention? Going back to Jesus Christ at the beginning, I'm here to do the work of God that he could actually recognize what God wanted him to do, because that's what I want in my life. I want to be able to recognize where God wants me. I want to focus on the things that are important and get after it. And knowledge and is great, the by things. the way, having degrees, having like sure. the, the knowledge of God's word is tremendous. Don't get me wrong, but like living that example, having the action, having, uh, you know, Pastor Steve talks about the track record, right. kind of leading up to it. And, are you are you setting an example? Are you evangelizing? Are you discipling? Are you active in a local church? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, where's where's the action behind all the knowledge, or the claim? I claim to be a Christian, sure, but are you living the way Christ wants exactly. you to live? Exactly. And so That's these guys, right? Are they? They could say it if not. And he said, and here's what the blind man said: the man had, who had been blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing and then in verse 34 they throw him out they actually throw the man out of the synagogue and they said you were steeped in sin at birth how dare you lecture us and they pitch him out and in my humble opinion this says everything about the religious leaders that you need to know look at what they just said to a man who's been a beggar a man has never seen a day in his life all right. they can say to this man, instead of, hey, we're really happy for you, we're glad that you can see, 
man, your life is so improved. We want to praise God for this great thing that happens. Sure. You're steeped in sin from birth. How dare you lecture us? We're going to throw you out. And when the church has that mentality, I'm telling you, you don't deserve to be a church. If you would ever have the mentality sure. to throw people out and say, you're just steeped in sin, instead of recognizing, hey, God's drawing them, God's doing a work in their life, and rejoicing in that, that they would throw him out, that they didn't really care about the people. And I truly believe that was one of the great hindrances with the religious leaders. They honestly just didn't care about the people. The woman who had the notorious reputation who cries at Jesus' feet, and all they could say is, well, Jesus was really a prophet. He wouldn't allow this woman to touch him. Hmm. Remember that? They didn't care about her repenting. They didn't care that she wanted to change her life. They would have stuck her in sin forever because they didn't want to see her get free. These people don't care that this man is free from blindness. They don't give a Mm -hmm. rip about him. If we as Christians get to that point where we're just so concerned about being right and what our doctrine is and what songs we sing, Mm -hmm. and that's our only focus to the point that we have totally lost track with the world around us. We've totally lost track with caring about people who are hurting, seeing their lives turn around. Man, we've missed. Yeah. And definitely seeing and believing that people that God can change people's hearts. Right. From a heart of stone to a heart of flesh kind of thing. And I know I'm guilty of this too. Like, oh, I knew him way back when. I highly doubt he's any different now kind of thing. Right. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, no, people can change. Right. Are you are you open to that and to God actually changing somebody right. as well? Um and seeing a Willing, being open and willing to see a new version right. of an old person you knew. Right. You know what I'm I saying? I remember, yeah, people used to come to our church in the old days, and we had some who were, I would say, you know, more sticklers. You know, they thought they were better than others. And I think that one of the Pharisees, their flaws is they think they're better than others. And they think that they you have to live exactly like them, even though right. they were right. based more in man's rules than really what God's rules intended. Mm-hmm. They still had the mentality, we're better. And I remember when our church was first starting to attract young people and these young couples were starting to come in, this was even before they had children. Now they're still in our church, by the way. And this is probably 20, 20 years later, they're still here with us. They serve here. They're involved. They've grown tremendously. But at that time they came in and they didn't have it all together. And I remember this one uh, young lady came up to me, well, you know, as soon as they walk into your church, you need to tell them that they need to stop doing this. They need to stop doing this. They need to start doing this. And I said, well, the interesting thing is the, the three things you just told me, none of that is in the Bible. All three hmm. things that just came out of your mouth, not one of yeah. them is in the Bible. And I will certainly not tell them that. Right. And I'm certainly not going to tell them because they wanted Stupid. me to, the, you come in the church the first week and you better look like this. Well, you know what? I was patient. I let God work in these people's lives, kept teaching the word. Now you see them again. This is probably 20 years later for some of these people I'm thinking about. They're still here. Right. They still come out. They serve. Exactly. They've been a huge part of our church mm-hmm. for years. And, and and the light that they shine, the things that they do to help us out is phenomenal. I didn't drive them out because, oh, sorry, you know, you don't have it all together right at the first moment you walk into church. Of course they didn't. Right, exactly. They had to be given a chance. Mm-hmm. These guys are not going to give anyone a chance. They don't have that same kind of heart. So I look at that kind of stuff. So to me, there was a spiritual blindness. And The man comes to Jesus. Now, after they kick him out, it's interesting. They're going to pitch him straight out. And Jesus Christ is going to catch this guy after that. And he heard that they had thrown him out. 
And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Only question that was important. Not, hey, do you go to a bar? Do you go to a football game on Sunday? Right. Do you, what, whatever thing, do you have your hair cut a certain way? They're not, that's not, that's not the question, Jesus Christ. They're Jesus keeping Christ, the main thing, the main, main thing. thing. Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he says, who is he, sir? The man said, tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you've now seen him. In fact, he is the one you're speaking to. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Hmm. He worshiped him. Look at that response of Jesus Christ right there to the spiritual blindness. Do you believe? And I think it's really the ultimate question for us that we have to ask ourselves even as as so-called believers, what is it that we do believe? Why do we believe it? Do we believe that Jesus Christ is who he said? Do we believe Jesus Christ is really the answer? Do we believe that Jesus Christ is really going to help people, that people should turn their lives over to him? Do we really believe this? And why do we believe it? Mm -hmm. And if someone were to ask you, you know, why do you believe in Jesus Christ? What would you say? Why do I believe? Ooh, because I know that I, I cannot get myself into heaven. Nothing I can do, no work I can do, um, words I can say can get me into heaven. So I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ that the sacrifice that he made can wash me of my sins and I can have um, a life everlasting with him. Right. We had a, I had a conversation with a man recently and we were talking about, he, he seemed like he wasn't really sure what he believed mm-hmm. about anything. And I said, well, here's an easy step. We believe someone created the world, right? Absolutely. Couldn't have just happened. There's no way could evolution ever explain the intricacies of Mm -hmm. every bug, every animal, every system within humanity that makes us function the way that we are. There's no way random chance could have created it. There has to be a creator. That's an easy step. Then you come to, all right, do I believe, I believe in God that there is one. Do I believe in God of the Bible? Why so? Now, for me, I would answer that because I've seen God answer prayer. I've seen what Mm -hmm. God has done. I've seen things that just go beyond human understanding to the point that I recognize that was definitely God involved in that. For whatever reason, however it all works, I clearly see it. To believe in Jesus Christ, then, is this is what I didn't have the time to talk to this man about, but what I would have said is the reason I believe in Jesus Christ is because he fulfills prophecies. Mm-hmm. He did miracles like heal this blind man. Who else did that? He came back from the dead. Who else did that? And I was even thinking about it today as I was getting ready for this. If if I did not believe in Jesus Christ and somebody said, hey, I want you to go and I want you to think about Jesus Christ and why we shouldn't believe it, I think I would start looking into this stuff and I'd be, I'd be starting to think, why don't I believe this? Because right, if, right. if I got to take seriously, man, these people said like he came back from the dead. He did a boatload of miracles. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of stuff. I mean, he fulfilled prophecy. There's a lot of reason to believe in Jesus Christ. Certainly, certainly. Oh, even even old Old Testament as well. All points to him. The fulfillment of the prophecies. So many of them. um, So far, as you just mentioned, definitely seeing answered prayers, seeing um, chains in my personal life being broken and, and set free. Like as much as I love a good concrete explanation for a lot of things. I'm glad there are still so many things that are, uh, air quotes yet to be explained. Right. Or that cannot be explained because that all the more like credits God, our creator. Right. Even simple things like a bee's body is too fat and its wings are too small. It, by the laws of aviation, shouldn't be able to fly. Right. 
you you think that's by chance? Right. And per, you're talking perhaps? about bumblebees, right? Oh, Especially yeah. bumblebees. I as a photographer, I've I have photographed bumblebees plenty of times. They're one of the fastest moving bees I've ever seen. They can lift off a plant and you can your eyes can hardly even really? track them. They move so fast. Hummingbirds are like the only birds that can fly backwards. I did not know that. I, you know, I'm not up on my hummingbird facts and now. Have you ever seen a bird fly backwards, Bill? No. Yeah. No, I, but I don't take a picture I, of that. I don't really. I haven't really watched the hummingbirds <laughs> fly backwards either. To be honest, I guess they do kind of. You don't hover. watch enough like Animal they Planet. Hover. No, I know. I don't. <laughs> gotta, well, I, I don't need in. to because I got a big yard full of stuff. You know where I can actually uh, do these different things. So you don't have a hummingbird feeder? No, I have plants and the hummingbirds come. No, I see them. Okay. They come in for sure, yeah, but they, I've just never thought about it. You know I mean, how they, they like how hover, they hover. Basically. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Anyways. And I so will say that. So but to me, and there's there's actually a book, I forget who it's by, I think it's called A Closer Look at the Evidence. And it's, it's all sorts of kind of trivial facts, like the bumblebee, like the hummingbird right. thing I just mentioned. And it, it, it just how it all points back to a creator. Right. Like there is no, science has no explanation for some of these things. Right. It's just, it's just incredible to me. Yeah. And I think the things that God does, like I said, in your own life, and I think mm-hmm. the, the, the thoughts that get put there, the answers to prayer that we see, I mean, all these things are evidence. It's kind of where I thought you were going to go. I'm glad it's not just like a concrete evidence that someone spells out right, without the right. personal experience. Because I, I do believe that the personal experience gives credibility too. I mean, people really coming out of darkness or coming out of addiction. And a lot of times, I think those people are far more dynamic, perhaps, than somebody who's been a Christian for years because they see it, like they get it. The person has been a Christian for years, Maybe they're getting it, maybe they're not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're, yeah, definitely. But anyway, this guy worships, and, and I appreciate that. And it, it says that when he believed in Jesus Christ, so Jesus Christ talks to him, that <clears throat> he, right then, I believe, and he worshiped him. And I guess the question is, what did that look like? Like, like what would it look like for this man to worship Jesus Christ? Like what? Fall out of sea or something? Yeah, I don't know. I think so, possibly. I think thanking him. I think really, to me, you know, part of my worship to God would be acknowledging God, acknowledging Jesus, and thanking them sure. for what they've done, I think would be part of my worship. You know, if Jesus Christ were to stand here and he were to rescue us from something, I think our worship would be so sincere. You know, it wouldn't be anything contrived. It would be, man, we're we're in touch with him right now. Mm-hmm. And I think true Definitely. worship has to come out of that being in touch with God and, and seeing God for who God is, seeing Jesus for who Jesus is, is really going to open up that door. And the fear is that you can come to church for a long time and somehow because of all the rules or because of your routine, get closed off to the reality of what God is really doing because you're so used to everything that you've done. And so I, I would encourage us to not be doing that. Because the, the Pharisees, again, and he said he came in the world for judgment. Some of the Pharisees are with him, heard him say this, and said, what, are we blind too? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin, but now you claim you can see your guilt remains. They claimed they could see, but they couldn't. Mm-hmm. They thought they could see. They thought they had it all together. They weren't seeing it. <clears throat> and I could see us as a church, as Christians, as myself, as an, and forget that I'm a pastor, but just as a, an individual Christian, getting to that point where I think I have it all together because, you know, I can write a sermon. A lot of people can write a sermon. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like just because you go through certain motions or I show up here at the office or I know how to talk to someone or I'm quick on my feet and have wit and Mm -hmm. can help you kind of like 
get to the heart of a problem quickly and give you some good solid answers on how to get your marriage back together. Does that really mean I'm in tune with God? That's the thing. Like Jesus Christ was in tune. I mean, Jesus Christ spent time praying. Right. Jesus Christ spent time seeking. When Jesus Christ was walking down a road, he was in tune with God to the point he knew that's what God wants me to do. God wants me to go over there and talk to that guy right now. That's what I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, chapter nine opens up as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth and he wasn't because so often we are so busy. There's no or very little free time. And we, we we kind of boast about how much we have to do. We always let people know, Oh, I have to do this. I'm so busy. I got to do whatever he, I mean, he has this time set aside where he's just walking along. Right. He, there's no like real agenda. He kind of stumbles upon this guy and he uses it as an opportunity to help him. But we like load up or by choice or whatever, like have our schedule so loaded up that there is no like, time to help anyone right because we're serving ourselves in the schedule that we have you know what i'm saying yeah, and so absolutely. yeah so he takes this time and and performs this miracle and it's this huge teaching point for his disciples this huge teaching point for uh, these pharisees as well because he took some time for the man i just the think- whole left the 99 went went for this one individual yeah, guy right 500 percent, man I mean, and, and I that's what i'm saying like saying. being able to um, kind of pinpoint the work of God in your life. The story taking the time for that. Yeah, taking the time to uh, allow for the unexpected interruptions mm-hmm. that it could be from God. That that's what God wants you to do. I think that's part some of, of us. It. We're not seeing it because we're so busy, like seeing only what we have to do. Right. But I think the whole story is an analogy. I think the whole story is an analogy that there are people who are right now who are blind to God. Let's say from this moment forward, in the next five years. There are going to be people right now that are blind to God, that see him clearly come to God and are more on fire, can understand that, well, how in the world could this man not be from God when I was born? They have seen, they are marked by the touch of God in their lives. Mm -hmm. Fact. The analogy is like he said, you guys are guilty of sin because you claim to see, but you can't. He said, actually, the people that think they can see are the blind people. And he's saying the blind people are going to be able to see. People right now stuck in addiction are going to come to a point, Jesus Christ is saying, where they can see and get it. Mm-hmm. People who think they can see, church people, are going to be in trouble because actually they're blind because we can be blinded by routine. Yeah. Certainly. We can be blinded Certainly. by mechanics. We can be blinded by, we just know what to do. We come to church, it's what we do. We, Okay, it's what we do, but is are, are there other things that God wants us to do? Are there other ways to reach out? Sometimes I think that we think we have our act together and that's good enough. In mm-hmm. other words, if I have my act together and I'm a Christian, I know where I'm going, well, hey, that's good enough. And we forget. There's a lot of other people who don't. We still have to be an example. Right. We can still use social media and and promote more. We can still be bolder in our faith. And I appreciate the ministries even in our own county that are getting out there right now. I saw a post from our buddy Sam Vicente who was out there visiting Tent City. He's out there on the street talking to people about the gospel and Jesus Christ. Like the guy, he's bold, man. I mean, he's getting out there. He's doing stuff. And I appreciate that, you know, because we never want to be so trapped into our, our routines that we can't get out of the you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We can't get out. Like these guys just couldn't get away from the fact that it would happen on a Sunday because their routine was, well, it shouldn't happen on a Sunday. 
Okay, well, right. get out of your routine right. and realize that God was working there too. Exactly. And exactly. God's working all over. God can work at your place of employment. God can work on the with a maintenance crew. God can do a work anywhere God wants to do a work. It doesn't have to be in our set box. And we got to be open when the work's there, see it. If you can't see it, you're blind, right? Mm-hmm. And so I never, as a church, like I never want to pick on other churches. I never want to say anything, whether right. I agree with them 100% or not, it doesn't matter. God can exactly. work wherever he wants. I don't want to be the kind of person who's blind to what God's doing. Certainly. And, you know, there, there was a kid at FCA the other day. He came up to me. And I remember a couple of years ago when he first came, one of my regular youth group kids was like, I can't believe that kid's at like a, a Christian event, even right. at school. And, I mean, so we were we were shut down all last year going to school. Man, he comes up, shakes my hand, asks me how I'm doing. I was like, in my head, I'm like, that kid has benefited the most out of all the people He's come to youth group uh, multiple times, actually. Just, just a great kid. Like, needs encouragement, needs the light of Christ in his life, definitely, as we all do. It's like one of my own regular tenders is like, man, I can't believe you're here. And, like, I mean, he did it. He, did, he admitted. He's like, dude, that that's good that he's here. But, like, right. I can't believe he's here. That's great. It right? is great. And that's fantastic. And there's tons of people that have come to church that will say, one person will say to another, never thought I'd see you here. And the other person says to them, I never thought I'd see you here either. But here they are. And God is doing a great work. But maybe one of the things that blinded them, the Pharisees, was sin in their own life. Mm-hmm. That they were into routine. They had gotten comfortable with sins. They needed to get knocked off center. Oh, yeah. Pride is pretty blinding. Yeah. Sometimes I've seen it in our own church family where people, they're good or they're well-meaning. They get caught up in things. They get caught up in sin. Pretty soon they can't see the truth and they're ripping on where God is really working and they're sitting there standing against it and ripping on that. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard to imagine, hard to believe. But sometimes I have to recognize that for all of us, it would be a possibility. I could fall into that trap of being blind to God's work. And so I just, you have to check you. I have to check me and just make sure that we're doing the things we should do. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to the story. And hopefully some of the words that we've said have been an encouragement, a good reminder, kind of jogging your thoughts. And I'll spend a little bit more time thinking, you know, am I in a routine that's really blocking me from a closer connection with God? Am I, have I gotten into a rut somehow that I'm not really as connected with God as I should be to the point where I might just not be feeling it when God's really doing a work. So be open to it because we want to be doing a work. We want to be light. Jesus Christ came to be light in the world. That's why he came and we want to be a light for him. You guys all have a great week.